It's tougher than I expected. So weird because this was like, this was my safe space. This was my place that I could, could come to, to, um, fuck, I don't know, man. Might not to, I might not be able to do this on my own. I might not, I might need somebody to talk to while recording this. What is up, guys? Welcome back to our first episode after taking an extended hiatus. Uh, we took a little bit of break for a few months, and that's what the show is all about. Kind of like what happened, why, why it was needed. It is our very first solo podcast, so it's just me, kind of getting into what tra- what has transpired over the last four months and why we haven't been around. So I hope you guys enjoy it. During the podcast, I do hint at some changes, some upcoming changes that I'd like to make to the program that I have decided are needed really to support my personal recovery and like what the purpose of the show was. I think that over the last few months, the purpose kind of shifted and the reason why I did the show kind of kind of changed and evolved and I want to get back to the basics. I want to get back to I want to get back to what my original purpose was and having fun and interesting conversations with unique people. I think that during the evolution as this thing grew and as we got more views and more listeners, I kind of started doing things that weren't in line with what my original original intentions were. Uh, Originally, I just wanted to do a podcast. You know, I didn't really want to have any types of video. Recording a video wasn't something that was on my radar. However, I got distracted by the views. And so we continued to do that. We started the YouTube channel and did the Facebook lives and stuff like that. So as it stands right now, moving forward, I'm not going to I'm not going to have any video podcasts strictly streaming on your favorite podcasting apps. And I'm also going to like keep a keep a a healthy distance from social media. We're not going to be posting stuff on social media. You know, I really came to like realize that in my own personal recovery, the mindless scrolling and things that were taking place on social media just were not healthy. And so I don't want to feed the mindless scrollers. I don't want to feed them content. If people want to listen to our podcast, I think that. I think that I just want them to to have to go out and seek us out. You know, I don't want to drop it on that timeline that you're mindlessly scrolling through. I, I just don't think that that's healthy. I think it's contributing to unhealthy behaviors. I know in my personal experience it was. And so I will still be, um, you can still keep up with our content by subscribing to receive email updates because I will still email out every time we upload a podcast as well as drop stuff on our Patreon page. So you can you can subscribe at www.ncraw.life. There's a little subscription box where you can drop your email address so that you can receive a notification that we have uploaded a new podcast or our Patreon page if you still want to support us in that way. We do still have a few patrons um, through Patreon who stuck it out through the long haul. Super grateful for you guys. 
and I'll be like dropping content up there. Possibly like if we get a um some solid solid guest and people who I feel like we should video it for some purpose. I don't know why. Um, that's where it would go. It'll end up on Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash NC raw. Another thing that I'm going to change a little bit is I want to talked about in this podcast. I talked a little bit about how I wasn't open. I wasn't open with my personal experiences through this and I made it all about the guests and I didn't share much of what was going on inside of me and my, personal recovery. And so I think one of the things that I'm going to do a little bit different is these little intros. I will, uh, I'll get a little more, I'll get a little more vulnerable with you guys during these intros. Cause I don't want to distract the guests and talk about me, but at the same time, I need to get this stuff out and I do that in meetings, but I still want to, um, be open and direct with you guys. So I think these intros might go a little bit longer than they have in the past. It's, if, if it's not something that you're interested in, you can totally just like skip ahead uh, until you hear the music. Once the music starts, then the, the actual interview of our guests will, will go. And then I might do some more solo casts like this as my recovery evolves and as I get um, deeper in, in my practice and, and begin to grow more myself, I think I might do a little more, more of these uh, solo cast and just kind of like get down and dirty with you guys and might be something that the patrons get on patreon it might be something that i put out there it really just depends on on what's taking place in my life at that time and uh i also get into on this episode i get into a little bit about my experience in the float tank over the last few months i was hitting it up like once a week uh, and I found it extremely beneficial, not only for my recovery, but just for my like overall well-being and mindset. And I would highly suggest checking that out. So these guys are not a sponsor, but I just wanted to throw this out there for all of our Asheville listeners, where the majority of our, our listeners come from. Uh, Still Point Wellness and Massage Spa is like the only, only float center in the Western North Carolina region. So if it's something that you guys might want to like take a peek at, I would highly suggest getting a hold of them. You can book a float through their website at stillpointwell, stillpointwell.com. And they're located at 81B Central Avenue in Asheville, North Carolina. If you don't live in Asheville, uh, just Google Float Center, Float Lab around, just Google like float therapy or float tank and the closest one to you will pop up. Um, I think that's something that, that's definitely worth, uh, getting your toes wet, you know? Uh, also want to get you guys a little bit more involved with these conversations and like, I want to hear from you guys. So, um, if there's guests that you want to us to interview, if you have specific questions for us, I would like to engage with you guys a little bit more and, so what I've done is you can drop us a voicemail that I would potentially play on a future episode of the podcast. Drop an ep- drop us a voicemail and I can answer your questions or um, if there's anything that you want to share with our audience, your peers, our fellow, your fellow listeners, I would be happy to play that. You can call 828-365-8486 is the NC Raw hotline number. And just drop a voicemail. I'll answer questions. I'll get. I'll play whatever you guys got going on. And uh, if you don't feel comfortable leaving a voicemail to be played, you can shoot us an email at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at ncraw.life. 
and I will be happy to answer any questions that you guys have that way or if you have topics you want to hear about or guests that you would like us to speak to I'm open to uh, open to all of these suggestions so so y'all ready to do this? Let's do this. Here we go. Episode number 83. The solo cast. First ever solo cast. Episode 83. Enemy of self. Yo, yo, confused but yet wise. My problem surrounds me. A lot of things upset me as my soul rejects me. Enemy of myself. Physically. Listen, let me tell you about, yo. Yo, yo, confused but yet wise. My problem surrounds me. A lot of things upset me as my soul rejects me. Enemy of self, physically enslaved by the luxuries of this world. So I behave like a man inside the grave whose life is lost. I want the promised gold, but can't afford the cost. Or could I? I know the prescribed laws. Any effect is a result of the cause. Eliza, the losing to myself, I have lied. Burn it inside, want him to open wide and scream. The name of the supreme, but I'm trapped in this world. Lusting for girls, therefore I imagine a genie in the wish. In search of things that just does not exist. But in my midst there's the answer for which I have searched. Cause from me springs the Vine Prince Rakeem. And that is me, the master of equality. With the ability to set myself free from B-O-B-B-Y. He don't want to die. He don't want to die. He don't want to try. So I'm forced to try and get trapped up and living my life inside a lie. These problems surround me. A lot of things upset me as my soul rejects me. Enemy of myself, physically enslaved by the luxuries of this world. So I behave like a man inside the grave whose life is lost. I want the promised gold, but I can't afford the cost. Or should I? I heard of the prescribed laws. Any effect is a result of the cause. A lies and illusion, but to myself I have lied. Burning inside, wanting to open wide and scream. The name of the supreme, but I'm trapped in this world. I'm lusting for girls. Therefore I imagine a genie and a wish. And I'm searching for these things that does not exist. But in my midst there's the answer for which I have searched. Cause from me springs divine prince Rakim. And that is me. The master of equality, give myself the opportunity and set free and be all I can be, be all I can be. Not a nigga just trapped up in luxury. Yo, Bobby Digital gotta get knowledge of itself right now. As we going through the struggle of life, you gotta go from boy to man. So we start off as sperm the baby, baby the man, from man to dead man. From dead man back to sand. All praise is due to Allah the Most High. Hold I gotta be free. I gotta be free. I gotta break 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 free, son. I gotta break free. I gotta break free. I gotta break free. I gotta break free. Oh boy. Where do we even begin this conversation? It's crazy to believe that our last uh podcast was recorded back in July. That it's been almost four months since the last time we recorded and published a podcast. 
it's so wild because that's like the the one thing that I the one place the one thing that I had that I thought um brought me a little bit of freedom in my life ended up being something that was kind of like a setback you know um yeah it's tough it's tough to admit that it's tough to get honest about it but yeah so i guess i guess we'll start uh start at the end of the pacific coast trip got back from the pacific coast trip the very end of july around the 20th the very next day i relapsed decided to use decided to pick up at almost five years in long-term recovery had like a woke up with a fuck it moment or almost i guess went to bed the night before with a fuck it moment i knew uh when i went to bed that night i knew that i was going to in the morning and it was tough it was very tough i don't know I want to talk a little talk about what happened has happened or has transpired since then you know looking back now at a little over 100 days back on track back in recovery it was something that something that we talked about on the show something that a lot of you and a lot of the guests have shared with me it wasn't necessarily like a uh a reservation coming to fruition. It was more of a, a lack of awareness of the gradual process that ultimately ended in a return to use. The first go around in in uh, in recovery, I found myself working the refuge recovery program and focusing on my meditation practice and things like that. And I, I, I learned very early and I came to appreciate the, the laws of impermanence and how, how every aspect of this human experience is, is impermanent. And I came to appreciate that. I came to be someone that really found value in change, value in the process of life and somewhere Somewhere along that line, um, within the last year or so, I lost track of that. I, in the last month, it's been it's been difficult to accept what has happened and accept how significantly my life changed. Um, fortunately, I you know I snapped out of it pretty quickly, um, thanks to the support of some wonderful friends, people who are close to me. I was able to to snap out of it and I found myself I, I found myself at a 12 step meeting the the very next day and I've been working that 12 step program ever since um a couple of days after after it happened a couple of days after snapping out of it I hit a couple of meetings here in town and then I and then I uh packed my belongings and um went to Tampa, Florida to visit with my family, to recover with my family, with the support of my family. And um, I had a trip already planned to go down there. 
because my dog was my dog was being uh, puppy sat for while we were on that Pacific Coast trip, that six week Pacific Coast trip. My dog was in Florida, so prior to even picking up, prior to using, I had um, intended to go to Florida. I just didn't anticipate staying down there for practically a hundred days, staying down there for three months. But that's what's happened. That's what happened. That's how this whole thing played out. I got down there and immediately dove into the 12 step fellowship and also got involved in the, um, former refuge recovery now, uh, recovery Dharma, um, community that's kind of thriving in Tampa, Florida. You know, I can't really like pinpoint or, um, identify one moment that kind of like led to this. It was, a uh, um, kind of a buildup of many small things that took place over the last year. At the same time that this podcast was growing at the same time that I was essentially, um, my obsession for the work of this podcast was escalating my refuge recovery community here in Jackson County was kind of like falling apart. Uh, attendance was down. There was like three core members, myself being one of them. And our meetings were essentially just, just falling apart. And I didn't, I didn't react or respond. I didn't, um, supplement that with anything else. The 12 step meeting that I went to the day after, uh, I relapsed was essentially like one of the first 12 step meetings I've ever been to. And I've come to really um, find value in that program, something that I was very resistant to before. Um, and I don't know why, you know. Um, I appreciate the simplicity of the program. I appreciate just the, the core basics of it. And then I find, I find the fellowship to just be probably one of the most important things one of the most important aspects to to my recovery today you know life's all about action it's it's all about doing something and responding to um, how you respond to the circumstances of your life and my life became unmanageable a long time before I picked up became unmanageable a long time before I went back. Um, and all the signs were there. All the warning signs were there. I just chose to ignore them. Um, because I wasn't meditating, because I wasn't attending meetings, because I was overdoing it with my schedule, because I was trying to do too much, because I was trying to do too many things, um, because I didn't know how to say no. You know, or I didn't say no well. I was trying to do too much. Um, that self-awareness piece. I lost track of that self-awareness piece. I lost focus on that self-awareness piece. That's so important. It's one of the most important aspects of recovery. And it just wasn't present in my life, you know. Um, 
So the process from not like attending meetings and not working a program, not meditating was probably like one of the most crucial parts that taken place simultaneously with the growth in my ongoing obsession for this podcast was just like a recipe for disaster. Um, you know, it was, this podcast was a super distraction in my life. It cost me relationships. Um, it, my grades began to suffer at school. My performance on my real job began to suffer. I put important piece, important parts of my life got put to the side because I was so obsessed with the success of this podcast. Um, it was like a dream come true to, to just have the opportunity to do this, to have the opportunity to talk to such amazing and inspiring individuals and to kind of cultivate those human connections that I talked about every single week. Um, however, I failed at building those relationships, right? I failed at keeping those people close to me. Um, you know, it was like, they say like, it was like mixing business and pleasure. Like I was trying to use this, treat this as a business opportunity, but also use these relationships and the people that I met as a part of my recovery. And that just, that just doesn't blend well. It's, you know, um, very similar to what people who like work in the field may experience. And, um, it just wasn't, it just wasn't the right thing to do. And I learned my lesson from it. Um, you know, I didn't recognize those, those red flags. I didn't recognize that, that digression in my personal recovery. And I didn't talk about the things that were going on inside of me because I wasn't, I wasn't aware of them. You know, I didn't talk about them on the podcast. I didn't reach out to my support system and share, share the, the things that I was feeling inside. Um, I was searching for, I was searching for something outside of me, something in this podcast, something outside of me to like tame the beast inside of me. And we know that that doesn't work. Um, I was chasing success through like validation, through the number of views and the number of downloads and the engagements and all the bullshit that comes with, uh, with this. So um, more will be revealed, but we, I do plan on kind of changing the way that we, that we operate. You know, this podcast, you guys, the listeners, the people that I met are an important part of my life and an important piece of my recovery. However, you know, through this process, I've learned how to, I hoped that I've learned and I want to continue to learn and apply some balance to that and ultimately put my, put my recovery first. Uh, cause it got to a point where my recovery wasn't first and, and this was, this was the most important thing in my life and that ain't healthy for nobody, you know? So, um, moving forward, there are going to be some changes, but I do still plan on putting out, um, from this point on, I do still plan on putting out at least minute, uh, one show a week, no more, no less, you know, um, consistency 
is going to be more important to me. Um, working a program is the number one part of my recovery. I don't know what the future holds, but I know that we're going to continue to to do what we do and to continue to to talk to people. Um, for me, I, I'm just curious. I want to have, I want to talk to interesting people. I want to talk to interesting people about their experiences, but I also know that I need to share more of my, my experiences. Um, and, and we'll get to that. So I dove into the, the 12 step fellowship. I dove into recovery Dharma in Tampa, Florida. I was able to spend a lot of great time with my family. Um, with my mom, my sister, see my pops, um, valuable, valuable, valuable time, uh, with all of them, especially my sister. Um, family's been going through some things over the last couple of years and it, it was just great to like reconnect and kind of do this recovery thing with the people that I love. Um, awesome experience. Um, what else did I do, man? I, uh, Y'all have heard me talk, mentioned before my interest and curiosity with um, the sensory deprivation tanks, with the float tanks. I went and did it once, gosh, back in May sometime. About once a week, I went out and um, floated for like an hour at one of the sensory deprivation float lab joints in Tampa. And um, I found that to be very helpful. I found that to be very, uh, very introspective process, um, kind of like an accelerated meditation for those of you who, who have experience with um, basic mindfulness meditation. Um, I would, I would, I would compare it to that, an accelerated version of that, um, floating for an hour um, without the, without the distractions, the external distractions that I was kind of talking about earlier, um, really allows for some pretty profound experiences. You're not going to get there on the first time you float. The first time I was very uncomfortable back in May. Um, and each time that I went the last couple months, I was able to kind of build upon that and build upon that. And ultimately coming out of the tank, I would describe the way that you feel to be kind of a um, comparative to like a runner's high um, is what I would feel like a somewhat of a relaxation, kind of euphor very mild euphoric uh, feeling that's lasts for half an hour to an hour. Um, a, a great experience. It was awesome. I would highly suggest that to people who have a meditation practice, who have interest in like relaxation and um, slowing down, of your mind and that sort of thing. Again, it's, it's something that, um, something that it's a, I would compare it to like a practice, like a meditation practice. It's definitely something that you have to build upon. You're not going to get there on your first float. However, extremely valuable part of my process for sure. And it's so weird because like meditation, um, was such a profound part of my original experience in recovery. And this time, you know, having experienced the relief that meditation provided for me, the strangest thing is that, like, I have really struggled to establish that daily meditation practice. I've really struggled uh, 
even to this point now, uh, over a hundred days since this happened, I've really struggled to get back to a meditative practice outside of the meetings. When I attend the meetings, um, you know, piece of cake, it's like going right back to it, but doing it at home, doing it in, in the make, incorporating it into my daily routine, incorporating it into my life, you know, knowing now what the results are, having experienced the results of doing it, I'm still struggling to do that. So, um, definitely trying to like figure out like, what is my routine? Started doing some journaling, some writing that was suggested to me at one of the 12 step meeting, one of the first 12 step meetings that I went to, um, did it like the first day and then avoided it. However, I've gotten back into that and I found that to be extremely valuable as well. Um, and attending a 12 step meeting every day. You know, I did the 90 and 90 that was suggested to me. Um, and I've continued to attend pretty much on a daily basis since then. The 12 step fellowship, I would consider that to be my primary program that I'm working. Um, uh, and I am supplementing it as well with, um, refuge recovery or recovery dharma and trying to work on a daily meditation practice at home. Here I am doing this NC raw North Carolina recovery always, but I was so opposed to like the 12 step fellowship and, um, so close minded to what they potentially had to offer. Like I never even like checked it out. Um, and it's changed my life in, in a short period of time. It's changed my pers it's changed my perspective on um, how to how to approach this thing of recovery. You know, for the days that I can't make it to meetings, I live like an hour and a half from Asheville, and I think here in Jackson County, uh, within an hour drive of where I live, there's like four nights a week four to five nights a week. Um, so the days that they don't have it or don't offer it, I've been um, checking out in the rooms. I, something I would suggest to you guys um, to take a peek at in the rooms.com, which is an online video uh, meetings, identical to any, any meetings that you would normally attend. They offer all of the 12 step stuff. They offer refuge recovery. I believe they offer smart recovery, all kinds of stuff. Something I would highly suggest checking out. I found value in it. Um, on days that I can't, can't make it or can't attend. And it's so crazy knowing, like knowing, having learned what I learned over the first like four and a half years, how all the work and the self-reflection and self-awareness, um, is somewhat of like an inside job that you hear people say is something that's done on the inside leading up to what happened and I can't po point my finger. It was a gradual process. I don't know when this started, but being very aware of the importance of this inside work and the, the importance of knowing what's going on inside myself and knowing that nothing in the external world can please me or give me lasting happiness somewhere along the process of doing this podcast. I began to externalize my feelings 
externalize my happiness and seek out happiness um, in external things, in external things that I thought that brought me joy, pleasurable experiences. I began to 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 seek happiness in that way, happiness in impermanent things, things that weren't going to last. It's way harder than I ever anticipated it to be. I never thought I would end up. I never thought that I would end up in a position like this, um, having experienced the success of of long term recovery and having having tasted the success of of long term recovery, having um, become a productive member of society and doing all the things that they say recovery will bring you. I, I experienced all of that. Um, and I practically lost all of that because of one lapse of judgment, one poor decision, one fuck it moment where I didn't pick up the phone. I didn't call anybody in my support system. You know, hundreds of people I could have called hundreds of people I could have called and there wasn't, I knew that there wasn't anything that any one of them could have told me that would have stopped me from doing it. So I did not pick up the phone. I didn't pick up the phone until after the fact, until after I picked up, until after I used, until after I was intoxicated. And you know what happened when I did? When I did, my support system responded, showed up at my house, got rid of the shit, invited me to a meeting. Definitely didn't force me to a meeting, but threw out the invitation. And I was feeling so hopeless, right? They invite, it was, I was invited to a 12-step meeting. You want out of this shit? I'll find the text message. Where's it at? You want out of this shit? Come to the meeting tomorrow. I pounced on that opportunity. I jumped on it. I was there. Um... It's just crazy. It's hard to hard to wrap my head around, hard to put put my finger on it. Um fuck, man. I walked into that room for the very first time and for some reason I felt, you know, having had the experience of long-term recovery and having um, understanding the importance of vulnerability. I got vulnerable. I grabbed my white gimmick and um, experienced the love that the rooms have to offer. I felt at home, you know, which is so crazy to, to think that that would provide what I, what I, what was missing in my life at that time for me. Cause it was just something that I was so like, I definitely wasn't against it. I definitely appreciated those who um, found recovery in that way. I just always thought it wasn't for me. And here, here I am now. Man, life can change fast. You know, I sat this semester out. I'm not taking any classes this semester. I want to go back. I don't know what I want to study. I don't know what classes I really want to take. I think that I think that I was kind of like getting burned out on the progress on where I was going. 
there were so many like questions in what's next, what's next that I got caught up in the what's next and not lost focus of what's in the present, what's here right now, what what's important to me right now. Who can I lean on? Who can I call? I can remember going into my advisor, Lord Clancy's office, um, sometime last year and telling her, like venting to her how alone I felt. You know, I have so hundreds of people that I've met in this recovery community that would answer the phone if I picked up the phone. And I shared with her at that time, and I might have, may have talked about it on here in the past, that I had I felt so alone. I felt like I was the person that people would call when they needed somebody to talk to, but I didn't feel like I had people in my life that I could call. But that's a delusion because I totally did. I totally had so many people that would have picked up the phone, so many people that I could share what was going on inside of me with that wouldn't judge me that would show me love, that would care for me and and listen to me. That's all I needed was somebody to listen to me. Um, it's wild. It's wild to think that this is where we are. And it's, it's, it's hard to accept. You know, when I first got to Tampa uh, a couple of days after all this happened, um, I didn't really experience any of the any of the guilt or shame that many people describe. I felt a sense of ownership. You know, I felt like I did the right thing. I did, though I made a mistake, I responded to that mistake in the way that I felt most necessary by showing up to meetings, by getting involved, by creating a network, by starting to call people and, um, build a true support system. Like I felt like that ownership and it kind of hit me in a, in waves. Like it took probably, probably about a month before I started feeling some of that guilt and feeling um, like I let some people down. And cause I did have, I had obligations this semester at SCC. I had things going on that with with the collegiate recovery and things going on with this podcast. I had five guests, um, five guests booked for the month of August that I had to message or get in contact with and let them know that the show wasn't going to happen. You know, let them know that, yeah, I invited you to, to be a guest on the show. However, for the time being, we're, we're postponing, we're hitting the brakes on the podcast. Um, I took my recording equipment down there because I wanted to, uh, I wanted to talk to some people in recovery down there. And it's really weird that, um, uh, major metropolitan city, Tampa, Florida, uh, recovery isn't as, as public, as open as it is here in Western North Carolina. Um, there's some great fellowships, great individuals ton of wisdom, ton of experience, 
However, it seems that in my short period of time being down there, it seems like it kind of stays in the rooms, regardless of what fellowship it is. It seems like it kind of stays in the rooms. Um, you know, I don't know. And honestly, I, I was afraid to do to do a podcast. I wasn't quite ready. I knew that I had to take ownership of my actions and I had to, I wanted to share with you guys what my experience has been. Um, but at the same time, like, it was one of those things where every single day it's like, all right, I'm going to do it tomorrow. Mm, today's not a good day. I'm going to do it after the meeting or I'm going to do it here. I'm going to do it there or... You know, I was living at my mom's house. My sister's living there with us. And so there was always an excuse and always a reason uh, to not not to do it. So this go around, you know, trying to trying to approach it um, from a from a place of balance, from a perspective of balance and um, change some of the, the ways that we record and publish and do things, but also bring um, interesting conversations to the table. Cause that's what, that's what it was all about for me in the beginning. That's what brought me joy. That's what I enjoyed just sitting down and talking to authentic people. And a, a part of it was probably the, some of the success, you know, a part of it was the, the numbers, the data, seeing that people wanted to this, seeing that people were just as interested in these conversations as I was, um, and that's where like the the root of the obsession was was like I justified my actions, I justified my behaviors as like air quotes work, right? Because like the harder I work at this thing, the more successful we will be, the better the show will be, blah, 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 blah. You know? That wasn't the case, man. That was that was such bullshit. That distraction prevented me from being who I was and I began to like to to I became a person that I didn't want to be you know I became somebody that I didn't want to be and I think just now saying that is the first time that I that I've first time that I've said that um I became became somebody that I didn't want to be and I've learned a ton I've learned so much from from this experience, I've learned so much from the last, in such a short period of time, you know, um, I've learned what's important in my life. I've learned what's important to me. I've learned how to prioritize that importance and how to not take things so seriously, you know, how to be and do the things that that I want to do, how to stand up for myself, how to say, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that for you. Um, how to turn down, you know, invitations to participate or do things. It wasn't something that I was, uh, uh, that I even tried before, you know, I was a yes man. Anytime somebody would invite me to a community event or invite me to do this or invite me to participate in that, I almost always said yes. And that burned me out, dude. That burned me out. It distracted me from my, my fellowship, distracted me from my program. You know, like one of the, and I'm so grateful for this, 
But one of the like core values that my father instilled in me as a child and I've benefited from my entire life is, is work ethic. He taught me uh, um, the importance of, you know, being a dedicated worker, um, taking pride in whatever it is that I do. And the addict in me took that to extremes. And it, and honestly, it, it always has um, in previous jobs this podcast in the classroom and clean recovery and refuge recovery today. I need to take, take things easy today. I need, I need to not have such high expectations of myself, man. Today I need to just, just take it easy and not, not stress out over, over these small things. So moving forward, um, stuff I still need to work on, you know, getting a, a at-home meditation practice, doing it at home every single day is like priority number one. Uh, currently, I'm going to meetings every day. Currently, I'm reading literature every day. I am working the steps and have a sponsor. And I'm also calling, uh, checking in with folks on a regular basis. So I got that part down. Um, the, the biggest thing that's, and I'm journaling daily. So the, the, the biggest thing that I need to work on right now is, um, getting that meditation going, getting that practice going. I think that just talking about it and sharing it with you guys right now, I'm literally going to smash that stop button and sit here in the same chair that I'm recording this in and bang out my first at home meditation in a very long time because it's, so important to my recovery because it's something that that I need to do on the regular yeah just I think I think that obsession and compulsion that they describe in the in the program is something that I've always struggled with whether it be a job whether it be a relationship whether it be this podcast whether it be in early recovery whether it be met that meditation practice and going to meetings and that sort of thing um, I had a strict routine in early recovery, you know, it was wake up before the sun get, comes up, meditate, read a book, read something that's a, on a personal, personal reading. And, um, you know, it worked, you know, it worked somewhere in the last couple of years. I became distracted from that, you know, trying to do too much, working a full-time job, going to school practically full-time doing this podcast minimum of once a week. Uh, you know, it's too much. It was too much. I recently listened to a couple of our podcasts. There was a podcast that we published, um, that was recorded. There was a podcast back. It's crazy. There was a podcast that was recorded back in January. I think it was like the first week of January. If you if you go back and look, I think we did like eight episodes in the first month of 2019. Recorded eight podcasts. And there was one of them. Episode number... Episode number 43 with Jennifer Nicolaisen of Seek Healing was recorded the first week of January last year. And B 
being the obsessive person that I was, I was always going on and looking at the analytics to the number of downloads and more specific, like where people live, where the listeners are coming from and that sort of thing. And there was this one podcast that had zero, zero views, zero downloads on any of the platforms, no Spotify, no iTunes, no Google podcast, all this, all the podcasting apps, it had zero downloads and I couldn't figure out why. And so I went back on, uh, the host streaming site and I realized that it was never published. It was saved as a draft. So I published this episode on October 1st, just a few weeks ago. And I actually listened to it and in listening to it, I was setting all these like crazy goals for 2019, all the things that we wanted to do with the podcast, the places that, and I was telling Jennifer like, yeah, I'm going to record a hundred episodes in, um, 2019. I'm going to do a hundred episodes and it's just completely unrealistic. Somebody that's, that's working full time, that's trying to work a recovery program working full-time, going to school uh, full-time, trying to do this podcast like that. And I was trying to do that many episodes. And so here we are right now. This is episode number 83. And in season one, we recorded like 42 or 43, 41. Season one in 2018. So we started recording in February 2018. So in season one, we recorded 41 episodes and this is episode 83, which will be 42 episodes. And I was telling her I wanted to do a hundred. Now, granted, we took almost four months off, but it just, just goes to show like I was setting myself up to fail, setting myself up to fail. Um, and I take full responsibility for that. You know, I shared, like I had so many people to, that I could have called. I went from somebody that was comfortable being vulnerable and comfortable sharing to somebody that kept all this shit inside. You know, I made it about the guest. I made it about the people who came on the podcast and talked to me. It was their story to tell. And that distracted me from what was going on inside. That distracted me from how I was feeling. You know, there was a bunch of red flags. I shared some earlier. My grades dropped and um, my performance at work dropped and it cost me some relationships and things like that. And I was so unaware, right? I was so not living in the present that until I got into back into the program until this happened and I was able to kind of self-reflect on the last year of my life. I was completely unaware of what was going on. There was no chance of me um, recognizing those red flags and recognizing what was happening in my life because I was so distracted, so distracted by the things going on in my life, uh, the external things going on in my life so distracted by the busyness of life that I was completely unaware of how I was feeling, of what was going on inside. All of my feelings were externalized. They were outside of me. 
I had no idea what was taking place inside of me. Grateful that I made it back, you know. That's that's what um that's what it's all about. And I'm gonna start sharing more of this, like in future episodes. Um I'm gonna start sharing more of about myself, about my recovery, about where I stand, about how I feel. Um more self-reflecting. This journaling thing's really helping with that. And I hate writing, man. Y'all, y'all heard 82 episodes of me flapping my gums, right? Like I'm a, I'm a verbal person. I like to talk. I like to talk it out. Even though I didn't call nobody when I needed to, I still, I like to talk it out. You know, I'm not a big fan of journaling. I'm not a big fan of writing, writing how I'm, how I'm feeling and writing what I'm going through. But it's been, it's been crucial part this, this go around, you know, it's been a crucial skill that I'm working on developing. Um, something that I'm placing a focus on. So, so we're back and I think we're going to finish the year strong yet balanced Uh, emphasis on my personal recovery and the rest will fall into place. And that's what they say in the the rooms and stuff. You just get distracted, man. I can remember uh, the day I walked into the treatment center, the day that my family dropped me off at the treatment center it was December 23rd, 2014. And the last words that my sister said to me when they were dropping me off was um, she had some some time in recovery and some experience and started getting those things back in her life. She was in school and things like that. And uh, the, her last words to me were, you got to be selfish with your recovery. You got to be selfish. And those words stuck with me and somewhere along the line in the last year um, I lost track of that you know somewhere along the last year it became about other people and not about me not about working my program or not about doing the things that I need to do you know I mean I've been studying for couple few years now and like all the stuff about self-care 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 they drive that shit home to you in the classroom and they drive it home to you I'm not not someone that'll get burned out I'm not working in the field I'm doing all this other stuff right I'm not somebody that'll get burned out bros I got burned out I totally got burned out I learned my lesson you know I'm excited for what the future holds I'm excited for this new this new perspective of recovery, this new perspective of, of life and beginning to be able to apply some of much of what I've learned in the next phases of my life is, is very exciting. So thank you guys for listening. We'll be back in like another week. I'm working on booking some guests right now. So you might hear about it in the intro. I don't know. Thank y'all for tuning in. Take care. Thank you for listening to the podcast and a very, 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 very special thank you to each and every one of you guys who reached out to me during this process. I want you to know that I greatly appreciate it, whether I, uh, I got back to you or not, or not. Uh, I want you to know that it, it was extremely helpful, extremely valuable, and I'm, I'm so grateful for each and every one of you guys who messaged me, texted me, commented, called all the above. It was, it was uh, extremely extremely helpful so we're gonna close the show out with a last song one of my homeboys notes dropped a new song called bloody toes 
Check them out on Facebook. You can look them up at All or Nothing is his Facebook page. Or you could subscribe to his YouTube channel, GMB Productions. Thanks for tuning in. Catch y'all next week. Ain't no haters gonna be stopping me Got goals to reach and my future here in front of me Running on this road I chose All I see is open road Got my head high on this rocky road It's bloody toes, sun beaming down on me Past keep on calling me Telling me to turn around and stop chasing foolish dreams And it sound good to choose the dark side I wish I could All the pain I seen in this world No man never should I'm taking footsteps homie In the right direction I got a high power now And I hear his message He said spread the word hooks But it won't be easy Many tried, many failed bro. please believe me If you need some proof, you see the tombstones A lot of people took the same path that you're walking on And they felt alone, like nobody cared Crying on the inside and they ain't never making homes So I'ma keep on pushing, I'ma keep on moving People see me winning, demons want me losing Now I'm reaching out, hoping someone hit me back Until then I'm walking my own road in my own tracks I got a vision and I hope my people listening I don't want to fail, if I plan to fail Then I fail the plan so I'm moving forward, fighting through the pain I done been through the snow, sleet, hell, fucking freezing rain And I'm still floating, riding troubled waters I got a dream in mind, it's for my sons and daughters And when it's over, I just wanna die a good father line Flowers on my tombstone, we love you, Papa And that's my motivation, it got me tearing up I see my destination, and I'm buckled up Haters talking shit, and I don't give a fuck Long as I stick to this path, homie, I'm coming up yeah, long as I stick to this path, homie, I'm coming up. And I'm walking this open road on my bloody toes. Yeah, man, this is my life, homie. I ain't gonna let nobody stop me, man. Now, this my, I am my own motivation, you know what I mean? I gotta get where I'm going and on the way to get there I gotta keep pushing and moving no matter what obstacles I face They're not stopping me man, I got goals and dreams in mind And I'ma fight to get them I'm out